Welcome to Listen In. My name is Stephanie Gates, and I want to invite you to listen in on conversations I have with my friends as we discuss engaging college students with the gospel. Well, Jay, thanks for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. So what I want to do quickly is give you just a chance uh, Mm -hmm. to introduce yourself, uh, a little bit about yourself, what your time in ministry has looked like, uh, and what it is that you're doing now. Yeah, um, so I, uh, my faith boomed and grew exponentially in college. Uh, grew up in the church, came to faith at the end of high school, and got plugged in with the BSM when I was a freshman. And I've been involved in it since then, really. Involved in college ministry since I was a freshman in some way, whether that was just a student consuming and coming to events to eventually leading as a student to being a staff member at the BSM for a few years. And eventually, uh, my wife and I, we, we moved to Kenya to work with the IMB in the journeyman program. And our job was specifically working with college students. So we not only worked with Kenyan college students and helping mm-hmm. cast a vision for churches to see a need for college ministry, right? They didn't see the need there. They didn't see the purpose. They saw it as a waste of time to engage the college campus. Uh, but then also in, in Kenya, we worked with American university students who were coming to serve. So training them up, preparing them for mission, preparing them to go and just serve faithfully. And now that we're back, um, I'm in seminary uh, getting my degree, also working part-time again at the BSM. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jay, I've been thankful for you in just mm-hmm. our partnership in ministry. Even when you were a student to yeah. our time on staff together to yeah. when you came back, I was ready to have you jump on board mm-hmm. again. But I wanted to have a specific conversation with you, mm-hmm. one that relates to discipling college students. One of the things that I have noticed is oftentimes it's hard to know what's the best thing to think about or what is it that I should be aware of. And, and as I have conversations with college students in general, begin to start to recognize, okay, here are some things that we need to do. Yeah. And then when I talk to churches, uh, it seems that there's some confusion about what, what's the reality with college students today. Yeah. And so one of the things I appreciate the most about you is your heart for discipleship. Mm. Uh, I've watched you intentionally disciple, I don't even know how many students. Um, You're one of the best that I know of uh, really getting to know them, having Mm. uh, important and hard conversations, loving them really well. And and I saw that when you Mm. left to go to Kenya. I saw... Uh, in some ways, uh, the hole you left in our ministry, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a reflection yeah. of um, how great you served and the impact that you've had, specifically, specifically on our guys here in our, our ministry. Yeah. And so I felt like I would consider you an expert mm-hmm. just by how you live your life. And so what I want to ask you is this. So in your years in college ministry, as a student and yeah. uh, now as a staff member, what are the things that you wish the church knew? about discipling college students. Yeah, it's funny. Um, people ask me about my time in Kenya, and, and people are people. Mm-hmm. Kenyan college students are the same as American college students, even though they speak a different language, live in a completely different world, or from a different culture. Uh, and one of the big things I've always found is it's very, college ministry is really repetitive. Mm-hmm. So it's having kind of the same conversations day in and day out. Um, if, you're, if you, you know, don't like talking about how do you read the Bible, yeah. college ministry is not for you. Mm-hmm. And so I just found that it's 
because college students flow in and out, they're so fluid, the turnover is so fast because, you know, you're praying you get a student maybe four years. Yeah. That's the goal, right? <laughs> That's the yes. dream. Uh-huh. But in reality, it's probably two years, yeah. Yeah. some even less. Mm-hmm. And so thinking through, okay, in those two years, what do they need to know? Like when yeah. they leave, how can I prepare them to go on to wherever they're yeah. going? Um, and, and so thinking through... Um, it one being really repetitive, mm-hmm. going to have the same conversation probably over and over. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get and sometimes the same conversation over and over with the same. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm tired of talking about boyfriends and children, right? You <laughs> yes. know, it's uh-huh. like let's talk about more important things. Uh-huh. But um, but even that, yeah, as a joke, those are there's it's so repetitive that you know even at times I know in my time sometimes I can become really impatient and just get maybe burn out on those kind of conversations where it's like, let's go deeper. Let's go, let's go have these real conversations. Let's talk about something that's, you know, being in seminary at a seminary mm-hmm. level, right? Mm-hmm. Like a deep theologian level. And, and in a lot of ways, I think college ministry is beautiful because it's just so simple. Yeah. Like it's just the students that we meet that come, they just want to know, yeah. they don't want to debate all this soteriology and uh-huh. debate. I mean, some of them do, but that's less than three percent. Exactly. Yeah. Most of the students just want to know what does it mean to be saved? Mm-hmm. What is it what does it look like to live the Christian life? What does it look like to find a good church? Like how do I serve the church? What are my gifts? Mm-hmm. How does God view me and love me? And so it's really simple, I think really just beautiful conversations over and over. Mm-hmm. Getting to see a student read the Bible for the first time. Yeah. Even now there's a guy I'm discipling who maybe for the first time ever, has really been reading his Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's just beginning to see like, oh my gosh, I read First Peter last week, and I see in Ephesians mm-hmm. how they're saying the same thing. Yeah. And so we talked about, you know, he asked me, um, did they know each other? Did Paul and Peter know each other? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, let's look in a different yeah. part of Scripture and uh-huh. see that they did know each other. Um, and so that's just one of, the, I think, the most beautiful things about mm-hmm. college ministry mm-hmm. is it's really repetitive and really simple. But I think it... Even for me, just every day reminds me of the simple, basic truth of the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. So um, in some ways, it's tiring and and tough some days, but um, it's extremely rewarding. I want to pull out a couple of the things that you mentioned. You said we focus on the simple things, really the, the foundations of the gospel, the foundations of just faith. Yeah. Um, and so we get the unique opportunity oftentimes to almost diagnose where a student is Yeah. Uh, through our conversation. Mm-hmm. I know you and I have talked about how anytime a student walks in and we meet anyone, we automatically assume they're not a Christian until they prove us wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think first off, that's a helpful mindset to have with college students. Mm-hmm. But then we get to uniquely diagnose um, in some ways, what is it that they understand about the gospel? And then how do we best yeah. walk with them uh, to hopefully help deepen their understanding or even better answer some of their questions? Yeah. And so you, this idea of simple and foundational truth, uh, and you list, you gave a list. You said things such as um, how to study the Bible, what is the gospel, uh, and those type of conversations yeah. really are what we do. Uh, yeah. day in and day out yep. yeah. um, and I think being able to recognize that not only are those conversations essential I think oftentimes they're overlooked yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I think we assume, we want to assume, if yeah. someone grew up in church, that they know all these things. They've come in, they know spiritual mm-hmm. disciplines, they know yeah. they know what the gospel is, and now they can go tell somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but that's not always the case, is it? No, not at all. What would, what would you say, in, in reality, based on your experience, how many students that grew up in church would you say are actively ready to um, teach someone how to read the Bible or to tell someone uh, what the gospel is? What do you think the reality actually is? In our world. Oh, it's sadly low. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know if I've really ever met a, and, and maybe just using freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've, maybe, maybe, and I'm just pulling a number, maybe yeah. 5% of yeah. the students I meet mm-hmm. have that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's low. It's really low. But the, but the awesome thing is the ones that we meet and the ones that we get in, we, we, we disciple. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they want to learn. Yes. <laughs> right? That's the cool thing. Uh-huh. Is, right? They're not just showing up just to have fun anymore. Like, mm-hmm. no students walk into the BSM or, or want to be in a church mm-hmm. because it's fun or yeah. cool. Yeah. Right? The ones that show up want this. Yeah. And a lot of them know, hey, I, I think something's missing or, hey, I think mm-hmm. there's something more to this faith. Mm-hmm. And I want someone to teach me. Yeah. They really are like sponges. Yeah. They're in a situation where now they're having to figure out a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, I often make the joke that a freshman lives by the mantra that they don't even know is like, I just want to stay alive. Yep. And so, so they're literally trying to figure out like, how do I do that? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to I have to feed myself, get myself around a new town, all of those things. And what I have found is we have the unique opportunity to step into this season of life that feels chaotic. Yeah. But at the same time, we can provide some of that stability and an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to answer some questions and just kind of walk with them through everything they're going to experience while they're here. Yeah. And through that, through those intentional relationships, we get the opportunity to uh, invest well and to have those conversations yeah. and ultimately to point them to the gospel. I think what I continue to see is just the importance of uh, intentional relationships that are specifically trying to disciple. Yeah. And I think that's something that's hard to do in the local church a lot of times. Hmm. Based on my observation, just there's it's hard to make a structure that can do that. Yeah. But for a church that's trying to say, okay, we recognize that there are just some spiritual disciplines that are missing uh, with the students that we're engaging. Maybe they don't understand the gospel. Maybe yeah. they don't know how to read the Bible. They don't know how to tell someone else about their faith. They don't understand prayer. Yeah. Or maybe they just have some questions and they need a safe place to ask them. Yeah. yeah. What do you think would be a way that the church could provide space for that to happen. Even the, just the idea of asking mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of churches, sadly, like I think a lot of people in general yeah. don't feel safe asking questions in yeah. the church, which yeah. is really sad. But especially college students at this mm-hmm. time in their life where they're asking every question, mm-hmm. yeah. even questions they might not even realize they're asking. They're, they're looking for answers mm-hmm. in everything. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think even within churches... Um, in some ways, I think because freshmen, or, or not just freshmen, but college mm-hmm. students, a lot of them have more time than they're, mm-hmm. they have more free time now than they're probably ever going to have. Like either providing a, an, an outlet for them to to either meet with a church member mm-hmm. or meet with a pastor or meet with somebody who's willing to even just sit down with them mm-hmm. once a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe even once every other week. Yeah. Like take them to lunch after church. Mm-hmm. And just get to know them. Mm-hmm. Because I think college students, like you said, are really uh, like sponges, right? Yeah. They just, they're just taking in all this <laughs> yes. information, uh-huh. whether that's from their professors and their classes, from their roommates, from the mm-hmm. people they work with. 
if the church isn't investing in them, they're going to fill that sponge is going to be filled up somewhere else. And so even just simple things like that, yeah, just faithfully maybe meeting with them once a, once a month. Hopefully more than that, but um, or even if a church had someone who was willing to just a lay member, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's just a faithful member, mm-hmm. willing to host a college Bible study at their home, yeah, once a week, mm-hmm. uh, just to give college students a safe place to come and not only be around other believers, because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of believers most likely at their university, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So giving them a place to be around other believers at the church. Uh, but then also knowing that this is a safe place where I can come and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I can come and read the Bible, mm-hmm. and I can even bring friends. Yeah. Is that maybe that yeah, answers I, your question? Yeah, I think so. And I think what is always so interesting to me, it seems like formal discipleship, what we were, we were just talking about, yeah. where there's a structure, a time, a, even sometimes a plan in place, yeah. can feel really overwhelming totally. for a lot of uh, Christians and church members. And so... I often talk about this idea of formal discipleship and how it's super important, but there's also informal discipleship where yeah. people who, maybe a young married couple that has you know a couple kids and life is chaos, would say, there's no way we could do that. Yeah. And I just say, well, actually there is. There's, a, there's a, something really important that you could offer. Yeah. By just inviting a student in mm-hmm. to come with you to do groceries, to help you cook, maybe put your kids to bed. Maybe yeah. they've never seen a Christian marriage. They've never seen yeah. what it looks like for a family to pursue the Lord together. Yeah. They might not know how to cook. Maybe no one's shown them how to do grocery oh, totally. shopping yeah. or how to do laundry. And just by inviting them in, and I just always say, let them serve you. And then after you put the kids to bed, give them 30 minutes to just say, hey, how's life? Yeah. And through that, letting them come and make, hopefully your night a little bit easier by totally. cooking, cleaning, doing the dishes, whatever it is, but you're doing it yeah. together giving them a glimpse into what it looks like to pursue the Lord just practically um, and relationally within a family yeah. or even a, a Christian businessman inviting a college student mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. come and just watch how he works. Um, and Grant Skelton, who works with Initiative in Dallas, he says, the biggest thing I wish people would understand is that discipleship is not necessarily about adding one more thing to your calendar. It's about inviting someone younger into your calendar. Mm, yeah. And so I think... If we could figure out a way um, yeah. as older Christians to think through what does it look like formally to help a student grow in spiritual disciplines, but what does it look like also informally just to invite a student totally. to your home? So yeah. what are your thoughts on this idea of informal discipleship? Yeah, I think it, I think it's really important. Um, you know, even in my time in college, you know, I had both. I had mm-hmm. a place where I could go and sit in a Bible study, like, mm-hmm. a, like a scheduled Mm-hmm. formatted Bible study with other college students where there was a leader. Um, but then there was a lot of time where I was just one-on-one or, mm-hmm. or meeting with people um, in my church. Yeah. Um, I was in a great home group at church where I had older men in the group mm-hmm. that would invite me over to their house periodically on the weekends mm-hmm. or just hang out. And I really got to see, maybe for the first time, like a, a just like what you were saying, yeah. like a real Christian marriage where this... Husband loved his wife, and and maybe even sometimes like they would get into a fight, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's something that we don't ever think about. But I know my wife even she lived with a married couple from our church a semester before we got married, and she saw everything. Yeah. But it was so good for her. Yeah. Right. And they and they not only fought well, but they reconciled well. Mm-hmm. She was around them when they 
disciplined their kids Mm -hmm. and loved their kids. Um, And so I I think it is vital because most students, Mm -hmm. especially millennials and and, and probably Gen Z as well, like we've grown up in a culture where everything's been done for us. Mm -hmm. No one's really taught us how to... You know, I remember learning how to balance my checkbook, but checkbooks don't exist mm-hmm. really anymore, right? Like, so some of <laughs> yeah. the things that, you know, we taught, yeah. it's life has changed so fast um, that a lot of students still don't know really how to budget. Mm-hmm. So it's even like really practical things like that, not just always reading the Bible, yeah. which is vital, but... Adulting. Exactly. How, how do, do I, I do this? Yeah, how do I be yeah. an adult in 2019 yeah. where... Um, it's really easy to just swipe my card every mm-hmm. single day and never look at my bank account. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I realize I have no money. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. College students, some don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm just going to keep taking out loans. Totally. And I'm going to oh, use yeah. that and that's going to pay for all my fun and then I'll figure that out later. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I've had conversation with students where it's just, they're like, yeah, you know, I could graduate a semester early, but I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so you're going to take out another semester's worth of loans? Yeah. That's a bad idea, friend. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Totally. So just having the opportunity for uh, older Christians to get to step into those spaces and help them see, like, what does this look like? Not only to pursue the Lord, but to live life well. Yeah. And how we, by managing our money, that means that we get to be more generous. We get to be more giving. We get yeah. to, uh, it frees us up to do other things. And I think that's something that... Um, a lot of students have never been taught. Yeah. And I think that would be really beneficial. Uh, one more thing I want to... You yeah. brought up how when Elise was living with that family, and I yeah. know that family and I love them, Yeah, uh, but she got to see everything. Yeah. I think a lot of times as Christians, it's really hard for us to be real. Mm. And for us to let... We feel like we have to be in some ways perfect or present this specific image, especially those of us in ministry. Yeah. But what I have found is the more real and honest and vulnerable I can be and let someone into the mess of my life. Yeah. Uh, the more opportunities I get to display the gospel and my faith in the Lord yeah. and in a lot of ways provide the, the space for them to reveal like, hey, I'm struggling too. Mm. And I think that's a unique aspect that's oftentimes missing within discipleship relationships. We often feel yeah. like I've got to present this so that this person can grow. But often, it's in those moments when we sit down and say, yeah, my life is chaos. I'm struggling with this. Or, you know, I know the Lord is good, but I'm having a hard time believing that today. Yeah. Uh, but in those moments, um, when they get to see real, I yeah. think uh, we've invited them in to see the transformation that's happening in our lives. Yeah. Uh, and in that moment, we're freeing them up, I think, to, to express some of the same situations. And so in your life, uh, can you think of a situation or a time when uh, that kind of thing has happened where you got to see maybe someone you looked up to uh, be just like real honest and vulnerable and say like, here's how I'm struggling, here's what the Lord's doing, and how did that impact you? Or or maybe you're thinking of, hey, I did this with a student, and this is what I saw the Lord did. Did Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think a lot of times even when it comes to like, you know, a lot of college students, you know, maybe they've never really again, really examined their own life and looked at their own sin. And so I've found a lot, even in when I was being discipled and in discipling others, kind of what you were just saying, you know, when we're honest and vulnerable and, and, and let them know, look, life's a mess. Yes. <laughs> we live in a still in a fallen yeah. world. We don't just love Jesus and everything's perfect. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, we, we sin and we, we still struggle mm-hmm. and we, 
uh, we still doubt from time to time, like all of these real things, I found more often than not, after I'm honest, students can be honest. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be meeting with a, with a guy, it could be months, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden one day I just say something, like maybe I'm just real honest that yeah. day, or, and a lot of times it's probably because I'm tired, yeah. or I'm like having a rough day, <laughs> yeah. and I just say something, probably maybe a little too direct, mm-hmm. or something like that, or maybe I just, I'm a little too honest, mm-hmm. and it changes everything. Yeah. Like all of a sudden he's saying, you know what? I'm struggling with that right now. Mm-hmm. How can how can how can you how can God help me? Like what yeah. what can you uh, what kind of advice? Mm-hmm. What kind of help mm-hmm. can you provide? Um, and so I found that really to be real and to be honest, to love them well uh, through through all of that. Yeah. Um, because that's what they want. They want people to be real with them. Mm-hmm. They want people to not fake it right because yeah. I know I mean I think our culture in a lot of ways is trying to paint this like your life can be perfect you can have everything you want that's what we see on social media right yeah utopia yeah. like we're building you're building up your own utopia mm-hmm. where everything will be perfect and even in politics you see like we're going to build up America mm-hmm. into this great nation yeah. and you're going to have everything you want and we're going to get rid of all the wickedness mm-hmm. but if you really look mm-hmm. that's not the case no. like there's no there's no life found yeah. there. Yeah. And I think students are looking for people to be real because they know that they're not perfect. Yeah. And they know that there's something wrong with the world. And yeah. I think when we're honest and real with them, mm-hmm. that's where the gospel comes in, right? Yeah. 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 I agree. Last question. Yeah. In your time in college, what was the biggest thing that God did? Like if you were to look back and you think through, like, did he change your vocation? Did he, like, you're, mm-hmm. like, is there something in mind that you think back and you're like, the Lord did this? Like, if you were to tell a story about your time here at UNT, what would it be? Oh, wow. It's a big uh, question. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is a big question. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things, especially in college, was just really learning that my joy could be found in God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not in the world. Yeah. And that through struggle, through sin, through failures, through the good times mm-hmm. even, and mm-hmm. like the, the success in ministry or the success in, I don't know, yeah. life, I don't think I had ever really realized that I could find joy in God. Mm-hmm. It was very much, uh, of course, growing up in, this, in the Bible Belt, it's all in a very legalistic yeah. church. It was very much... Uh, God demands this, and when I was saved, okay, yeah, I, I see that I can't save myself, but it was still very much a, I'm just called to serve God, almost mm-hmm. like a, um, but th- there was no joy in that. And I think when I really began to see that true joy is found in God, mm-hmm. I think it changed everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it changed the way I view other people. I think it changed the way I view the church. Yeah. I think it changed the way I view serving God. Like, I found joy in serving God. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, in some ways, you know, when I lead a Bible study, when I disciple, you know, we're, as we're reading Scripture, I, I say oftentimes to my groups, like, as we read through Scripture, this should lead us to love God more yeah. and love others. Mm-hmm. If it's not doing that, we're wasting our time. Yeah. Or we're missing the point. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest thing is I, I fell in love with God's Word. I fell in love with, with God. Mm-hmm. And I think that changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's our hope, right? Yeah. That's why Amen. we do what we do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, friend. Yeah. I appreciate you just of having course. this conversation with me. Yeah.
If you would like to continue this conversation, you can contact me at stephaniemgates.com. The music was created by my talented friend, Vince Romanelli. Thank you for listening.